dignity of man and the destiny of man. Hello? Hey, Tony. Brett? Yeah, what's going on, buddy? How are you, man? I'm doing good, brother. Fantastic. Listen, we're, uh, we, we, don't, we don't fool around. We're live right now. You're on This American Podcast, Comedy Edition on ComedySchoolsRadio.com with uh, me, uh, Shirley Lowe, Visick, and DJ Payne. I'm so glad to be hearing your voice again, man. How you been? I've been good, man. How about yourself? You know we're doing uh, we're doing fantastic, and um, uh, we were just talking about uh, the first time that we saw you was years ago. You played the W Hotel in Scottsdale. Do you yeah, remember? I remember that. It was for charity. Yeah. Yeah, it was a charity show. That's the first time we saw you. I hadn't heard of you before, uh, but someone said you need to come down and watch this guy. I go, this guy is fantastic. Uh, we've seen you at other clubs. I saw you uh, on the Sunset Strip a few years ago, uh, where, and you've just been. You know. Go ahead. Getting back to that. That W show, it was me, Ian Bag, and Sebastian made a scalco. That's right. That's right. Now, wait a minute. I want to ask Shirley something, okay? So it was about seven years ago, right? Right. Okay. I think the reason we didn't see Sebastian, we saw Ian and we saw you. There was a night that our granddaughter was being born and we had to split. That's right. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. You, so I, I will tell you the exact date was, Shirley? It was May 28th. May 28th. Seven years ago, that's the first time that we saw you because all of a sudden we got a call that uh, our granddaughter, now Selma May, was being born. We were both becoming grandparents for the first time, and uh, we left. And I, I think, uh, as I've watched Sebastian's career, it was because we left that night he got angry, and that's been the edge that he's had ever since. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's great, though, is how you had to ask Shirley for the date. Yeah, I, we, I, I know. You know I, I, I noticed that too. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell you the exact date, honey. <laughs> so uh, you are here this weekend, man. Two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow, one show Sunday, correct? That is correct, sir. At Rick Bronson's House of Comedy, fifty-three fifty East High Street. We uh, say hands down, without a doubt, and I've been in many a comedy club, uh, the most beautiful uh, comedy club in all of comedy cl- club land. Would you agree with that? Oh, it's a gorgeous club. Yeah, absolutely. And the food is phenomenal. It's you a- know, it really is, uh, you know, uh, Rick Bronson, because they have a bunch of clubs, you know, and uh, like there's the one in Edmonton, the one in Minnesota, but they, they really do, man. You know, they, they they really put, you could tell there's a lot of thought and care into, into, the, into the club, you know what I mean? You know, there, there's usually two types of uh, uh, club owners. There's And there are, there are club owners who are jerks to comics and they stay in business and, and they're in business forever. And then there's club owners who like bend over backwards to be nice to everyone and they go out of business. Rick is an anomaly and I'm gonna tell you, tell you why. And we've got a couple of anomalies in town, but he is someone who treats the comics like gods, but he also treats the audiences like kings and queens. So he's a nice guy who's successful and that is a rarity. Well, when I first started, I mean, again, I've been doing this, I've been doing it 20 years now, actually. Um, we were at the tail end of the uh, of like the '80s boom, and like sure. you know, comedy was dying when I started. Yeah, and uh, and a lot of the old school club owners, you know, they just used com- my, uh, an older comedian friend of mine, Mark Weingarten, used to 
say this all the time. They just use comedians as an excuse to sell drinks. Yes. You know what I mean? And and they could care less about, about the comedy, if the, you know, none of that. They just would like, look, entertain them so I can beat them. They, they, they could have been strip club owners. It wouldn't have mattered. Some of them were. But now, uh, you know, and, and, and I have to say across the board, uh, almost all the comedy club owners now are in it for the love. Like, I mean, even um, you're staying up live out here with Joel. Bashoff, sure. Those guys are great. They're great, man. And, uh, you know, Rick is another one. Uh, you know, there is a great comedy scene out here, man. It's, it's really strong. You know, I met, um, um, you know, you talk about in L.A. too. Like, uh, I met Jamie Masada. I did stand-up for 15 years. I quit. I quit touring. I quit, I quit right around the time you got in because I, I stopped touring around 99 or 2000. I'd done it for like 15 years. And I go, all right, I've done this for 15 years touring. I want to do other stuff. And so I started doing other things within uh, um, within the business. But like Jamie Masada on the Sunset Strip is a guy who loves The people who are running the comedy store right now, the people running the Melrose Improv where they got the Melrose Improv Lab. lab. There was a time when the... the uh, uh, this sort of my comics can beat up your comics and that sort of anger that sort of ego yeah. was running through it and that's kind of gone now and everybody's going let's just get creative let's just get funny yeah it was very ter- i mean i hear stories about that too it was very it was very territorial Ugh. back then because you know they were all fighting for the comics because they, they, they were trying to keep them exclusive but you know again i think as the business, you know, as people evolve and the business evolves, I think it becomes more about just the art form. And, uh, you know, it, it is. It's much more uh, artist-friendly now. Thank God. So, you know, you, you have your own podcast. Uh, I looked at it a little bit. And, and you've also gone through everything that someone who, uh, you know, the funniest guy in Cleveland, uh, the best actor in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, uh comes out to Los Angeles, and they have to start as a waiter. Yeah, everybody does. I've had friends of mine who moved from England. I knew a woman who had won the English equivalent of an Academy Award in England and came to Los Angeles and got one job on TV, and when that was gone, she had to work as a waitress. Now, you worked as a waiter, and from what I understand, this was your favorite job. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest with you. Uh, I delivered. Well, I was delivering pizzas at like thirty. Yeah. And 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 I I, I would have I, I like that better than waiting tables. I mean, you know, look, it depends on the establishment. But I work for those corporate chains where you know, it's just the customer is always right, and it's like no, ninety nine point nine percent of the time the customer's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't know who came up with this this thing. <laughs> and you know it's just it was just you know whenever you're dealing with anything corporate like you know because mom and pop restaurants are the best you know cause yeah. if somebody's like you know I don't like the chicken and you'll be like you know what then don't eat it go home yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, use your money back get, get the F out of here yeah. you know I mean? <laughs> and then they'll be like yo you know let, let me talk to the manager you're like oh you want to talk to my mom <laughs> you know what I mean maybe you shouldn't do the, that <laughs> With the corporations, you know, they, they, there's just, you know, whatever, they, they comp things and make you look like an idiot. I, I just didn't like it, you know, and I, I've done some really rough, rough jobs my whole life. You know, you, know? you said something important, though, I think that people don't realize, uh, uh, you know, I, I kind of get, I, a lot of times I hear people putting down entertainers, you know, uh, uh, for various reasons, go, oh, well, you know what, 
uh, you must get this when you render an opinion on something. And I know, because we, we've had these conversations uh, the last time uh, you were here when you were in person, you are a well-read guy whose opinions are based on really researching and figuring out what's, what you believe is right or true or best. But then you'll tell somebody, go, oh, you're a comedian. Oh, well, you know, you don't really have an opinion. But at 30, you were delivering pizzas. When most, when a lot of people are establishing themselves, buying that first house, they've got a couple of kids already, guys like you take that chance and go, all right, I'm not going to go for that security. I'm going to go someplace, and instead of work, getting a job in corporate America, I'm going to deliver pies while I follow my dream. No, uh, you know, that that's the beautiful thing about youth is that, you know, you don't realize that you're rolling the dice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, as you get older, you're like, you know, wow. I mean, you know, look, once you have more responsibilities, that, that starts to take precedent. But, but see, and the God's honest truth is, you know, I, I come from nothing. Like, I was raised by a single mom, you know, you know a lot of things growing up. Uh, which I view that as a blessing, you know, Yeah, is that, you know, when you don't come from anything, you really got nothing to lose. So, and, you know, my mom was just happy, you know, and, and, and I'm not exaggerating that I ended up not in jail or doing something sure. stupid because when I was younger, it looked like I might have been going that way. So, so, you know, there there is the pressure, though, of those kids that come from wealth or successful families, yeah. you know, where... There's like, look, you need to be here within three years or you got to quit. And, and, you know, and, and there's that, that struggle. I always viewed being, you know, growing up the way I did, I always viewed it as a blessing. Let me you ask know? you this. Did you know, because I, I grew up, you know, I, I explained to people, I, I, I was born in the inner city of St. Louis where no one lived in a house. It was A house was something you saw on television. We all lived in railroad car apartments in the inner city. And we didn't, I didn't, we didn't live in a house until, until much later, later as I was growing up. I didn't know that we we didn't know that we were poor. We didn't know that there was such thing as a sober father. That was that was a, that'd be like an odd thing. I mean, the priest was drunk when he's doing well, mass. That's, well, that's the thing. When you grow up in dysfunction, you think it's normal. You know, yeah. like a like a fish doesn't know it's wet. Yeah. By the way, I, I read that on a magnet. <laughs> <laughs> that that's where all the great yeah. philosophy comes from, magnets. <laughs> yeah, yeah my, my, I got all those quotes on my my refrigerator is deep. <laughs> if, if, if you ever need any counseling, just come over. Read my freezer. No, but, but the reality is, is that you don't know. Like you think it is normal, and, and that was one of the reasons. What you know, when, when I married my wife, that I, you know, I saw. You know, she came from a normal upbringing. You know. Yeah. Which, which, you know, like I said, I, I didn't. I never went on family. But, you know, I, I just. It's just not. It's just a different thing. But here's. To me, why it's a blessing, and especially in my generation, you know, growing up when I grew up. Yeah. You know, when my mom was growing up, everybody pretty much had the same. Everybody had every. Everybody had the same stuff. Like everybody had nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in my generation, you know, you you had, you had a lot of kids that that had a lot. Yeah. And, but but they, I, I always feel like they missed out on things, like you know, like the friendships and the bonds that you have with guys. You know, with your friends that you grow up with like that, and and the closeness of the family. You know, at least for me. You know, you I'm. Know, uh, I'm still friends with uh, uh, mainly through social media now. Uh, uh, friends of mine who, uh, when we moved out to the country, guys, we used to steal uh, bottles of wine from a general store. We went from the inner city out to the country where there was a functioning general store, and like a hundred year old people ran this two hundred year old store, and we go in there and talk nice to them. Another kid stole a bottle of Muscatel. 
and we'd sit in the dr- creek and drink it. And some of those people have been my lifelong friends. Not the people we stole from. They're dead. But the kids. <laughs> Did you do a lot of stuff like that? Your kid? Did you break into houses, steal cars? To me? Yeah, you. Oh, I thought you said yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, you know. Well, is it stupid? Take a car yeah. Carrier, you know, but uh, I, but I was always just I was always around it. Like I was never in it or about yeah. it. Yeah. You know, I had friends that like you know I was always tagging along. The thing the thing that really bonded us, uh, you know, when because when, I you know when you go out with like a group of guys a lot. Um, was always fighting. Like, we would, you know, there's always, you'd always get in fights. And, yeah. and it was never one on one. It was always five on eight or seven <laughs> on ten. Huh. You know, and, and you know, that, that, there's there's that bond that you have with, with the kids that, you know, you throw hands with. You know what I mean? Sure. But, again, the emphasis that you put on stuff as, as a 20 year old, when you're, when you, you know, you hit 40, you're like, this is dumb. Even 35. Yeah. But again, you know, you put emphasis on stupid stuff. We can curse, right? This is the internet. You can, yes, you can curse. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Fucking a. I'm gonna say, yeah, you put you put emphasis on stupid shit. So, like, I remember one time a little bit. We had a friend of ours that loved, like, he was he loved to fight, you know. Uh-huh. And always there was always a problem. And my little brother, one time he was talking about the kid, and he's like, "Yo, you know, he, he he's a tough kid. He's always got my back." You know, and, and, and we, we viewed that as the criteria for being a good person. Like, you know, for being solid. Yeah. But in reality, the guy liked the fight. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, was, it wasn't like, if, if, if we asked him not to fight and he didn't fight, then he would be sacrificing something. <laughs> but we just, it's like the guy loved the fight and we just happened to be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, you have... Uh, uh, what really is it always stayed in my mind. Uh, uh, you have a, a bit, and, and bit by the way doesn't doesn't uh, do justice to it. A story that is funny, but is one of the darkest stories uh, I've heard people tell. It, it's almost at the same level as Pryor set himself on fire. But you don't cover up on it about you and your uh, brother and a bad babysitter. Oh, you know what? They can find that online because I ended up doing that joke on Comedy Central. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing you do that. This isn't happening. As I was watching you do that bit the first time, there were several things going through my mind going, wow, I can't, you know, it wasn't like feeling sorry for you. There's nothing that you do on stage that makes you feel, but I'm going, wow, this guy's been through a lot. B, I can't believe he's telling a story. C, this is a fantastic story. And D, I'm fucking laughing at a story of child abuse and someone getting hit with an axe. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I'll be honest with you, it's gotten a little darker now. <laughs> I like there's it. other story there's other stories I'm telling. Well, you know, as guys as guys are you know, as guys die and move on, you know, there's more things you could talk about. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. There there's stories you know I mean? that there's stories that I, I go, Oh, I can't tell that story because the statute of limitations ran out. They're still alive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now all right. Well, uh, I, go ahead, go ahead, because I got something else no, I need no, to I'm ask. No, I'm saying like you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of life experiences that that you want to talk about, you know, and uh, but you know what the funny part is is that you know, it, 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 it's almost like I, it's almost like I'm talking uh, I'm talking about myself 15 years ago on stage now. Yeah, yeah. 
Like, like my material hasn't caught up to where I'm at yet, other than talking about being married. Uh huh. But I do like the sense of um, not. The, the, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not so much focused on. I, I'm, I'm more. What am I saying? I, I, I'm more. Uh, I don't care so much anymore, like about what I'm saying. In a, in a sense, where you know, where you try and censor yourself, or yeah, you know, you you, you worry about perception. You know, sure. after you do it for a while, you just don't care. It's, I even the even the political climate that goes on now. It's like you know, it's just. I just don't care anymore. I, 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 I respect the art of stand-up more than I do. Absolutely. The, the uh, I don't know, the, 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 the placating. You know, I, I, pandering. I, I do a bunch of bits now called, you know, I did it to myself. So I, I, I talk to, you know, I, I talk about shopping at a Walmart way out in the middle of the desert. And I go, I don't make fun of the people in Walmart because I'm in Walmart and I did it to myself. This is not, you know. <laughs> I used to. I lived in. I lived on Hollywood Boulevard. I, you know, they said, "Here you go. Pick for door one, two, or three. I picked three. There was the donkey. Fine. I chose the door. You know. I mean, I'm happy. But uh, uh, yeah. I hear what you're saying that it's not about. Well, this bit will make me. This is. This will be my signature bit. This will be my my. Oh, well, everything's changed now, though, buddy. Like, it, it, there's no more. I'm gonna make you a star. You yeah. Know? There's no more television executives that are gonna. It's just it, everything's changed, the whole dynamic. And, and when you're looking at, and to me personally, I think this is the best time to be an artist. Yes. And the reason for that is, is there's no gatekeepers. There's people that are still trying to control the gate. Yeah. And and you know they, they're they're able to push certain people through, but because of the internet, like for instance, you know I'll never talk bad about anybody, but I only talk good. Okay. Okay. But there's certain comedians out there that are average at best. But okay. For either for certain reasons, whether it be you know whatever the hook is, whether it's you know uh, wh whatever it may be, they get pushed through. And then back in the day, people only got to see what was on TV. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Now you could put a comedian on TV that the industry is trying to push for whatever reason. But yet, Bill Burr is online. Uh -huh. Patrice O'Neill's old stuff sure. is online. Sebastian, and by the way, all these comedians, Bill Burr, Sebastian, Sebastian sold out the Beacon Theater eight nights in a row without being on television. So now you're getting these, you know, pop comics and, and these, you know, political, whatever motives they have to push these people. And normal people, they'd be like, hey, did you see this person on TV last night? They'll be like, wait, you got to see this person. Yeah. So now the bar is out there. Like, Bill Burr to me is, right now, is, is the bar. He is brilliant. So, yeah, so it's up there. No matter what you show on TV now, it's got to be up there. And it's got to be what, what, what you could get online. You follow me? I absolutely. So n now the cream is literally going to be able to rise, and 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 if you're doing it right, it, it may take a lot longer to rise, but eventually through the podcast world, this is a comedian, a comedy driven medium. Okay. From Rogan to Bird to Corolla, um, again, it, it's and, and it's so funny because they're going to find a way to try and silence the comics. How do you feel? So I want to. So I want to. I want to. I want to shift to something a little bit right now. So um, they're trying to change the net neutrality rules, and that you know we do so much with social media, and I don't know how that's going to affect us. Have you been following that at all? Where they're actually yeah, I have. That's 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 the next thing. 
you know, it's so funny. From Lenny Bruce getting thrown in jail yeah. to, you know, Tim Allen's show getting canceled. Yeah. For whatever reason, they always go after the artists, the comedians and the musicians. Sure. No matter what, what side of the aisle you want, because, you know, we, we're either making fun of their truth or whatever they believe to be true. So they'll always find a way to control that. And, and that is what's going on. This net neutrality thing, is, it's bullshit, man. Absolutely. It's fucking fascist bullshit. You know, it's the same thing with the quote-unquote fake news. It is fake fucking news. Uh-huh. You know? Uh, by the way, if mainstream media did its fucking job, instead of just, you know, being the, the, the lapdogs for, for political uh, parties, you know, um, we, we would be able to differentiate from fake news. So, so let me ask you this. So you brought up an excellent point, okay? Because uh, you, you and I talked uh, quite a bit about political correctness the last time I saw you. Uh, do you feel now, I mean, what you're seeing the Washington Times do and what you're seeing the New York Times do and you're seeing ag- aggressive... The investigative reporter began to be a shrinking pool as mainstream media was trying to figure out what to do with social media. Social media was actually taking away the revenue from mainstream media, and they were shrinking. But you got guys like Bezos who goes, I got money, I don't care. So he buys the Washington Post. Do you think that we're starting to see a renaissance in an investigative reporter right at the beginning of it, or do you feel like we're still in a corporate-controlled media environment? Well, it's it, corporations, it's just like Hollywood is losing its grip. Uh-huh. And, and, I mean, obviously, unless something new comes along, who knows? But the way it looks now is that, you know, it's all losing its grip. And the reason for that is is that, you know, the plebs are speaking. The plebeians have a voice, and that's the Internet. And, you know, uh, uh, you, you, you really, how do I say it? Uh, I think when, when the information is able to be out there, people are smart enough to know what's right and what's wrong for them. You, do you, you, do you, you think that, though? Yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm going to tell yes, you. Yes, I do. Absolutely. 200%. Let me tell you two antidotes real quick, okay? Uh, I've had two people. I had one guy in Arizona here who um, uh, had terrible back issues, as, as I have kind of began to uh, uh, deal with here at this point in my life. And uh, I looked at him, and, I said, and he doesn't have a job because he can't work because of his back and stuff. And he says, but I'm going in there. I'm getting all this treatment. I said, Obamacare? And he went, no, fuck no. He goes, I'm getting it through Arizona Access. I go, you're getting it because of Obamacare. I go, well, they, let me ask you this question, then, because you bring it up. Do you fully understand the Affordable Health Care Act? Uh, Did you read it through and through and follow it, or are you just are you just going with the drum of, of what you think is good? Well, so so because let's be honest, Obamacare is a fucking shit show. Okay, and so I voted for him. Okay, I voted for him. All right, so so let 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 me tell you our experience. Did I read? Oh, the no, inter- no, 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 no. We're not talking about your personal experience because that doesn't matter here. You're talking about the greater good. Now, by yes. the way, if you're really poor or you got a shit ton of money, you're good. Not in every state. A lot of people. A lot of people got priced. I got priced out. Not I went from from paying one hundred eighty nine a month to three sixty five because of that. Do you shit. do you understand that some of that is because of of breaks and uh, that the Republicans uh, all the fighting they did against the Affordable Care Health Care Act that there was actually uh, uh, legislation. See, that you're defend- now what you're doing is you're defending the Democrats. You're not looking no. at the issue. No. The reality is is that we don't have competitive. Uh, uh, contracts in america so what that means basically first of all you can't compare any socialist country to america or socialized medicine it doesn't work it's like comparing the cost of living in montana to living in la okay when you have over 300 and something million people there's no way you're going to be able to get a single-payer system 
to work, number one. Number two, there's no negotiations. These contracts are fucking allocated. There's a reason why Barack Obama gave the website contract $650 fucking million to build a website. Are you shitting me? So you, you don't have anybody negotiating. You, you, you know, you can't, like, just say Bear Aspen comes in and says, hey, we want to charge 10. Sure. And then Excedrin comes in and says, well, we want to charge 5. And then some other one says, we want to charge 2. They give them these contracts. You follow me? I'm, so I, no matter I'm, if, I'm listening if, to what you're if, saying, yeah. If you allocate a trillion dollars to spend in free medicine, they're going to find a way to spend a trillion and one. Well, all right, you, so we, we see that we see that with a situation with colleges right now. I agree with that that one hundred percent. But yeah, my well, understanding of all the, before, all Obamacare did was make money for the health insurance companies. It did. How make, did it bring the price of insurance down? Or it was supposed to, in theory, but in, in reality, listen. The, the the one thing, oh Nancy Pelosi, we got to pass the bill to find out what's in it. You want to talk about blind fucking allegiance? As opposed okay, to the bill now, they pushed through right now, which has then been, been scored yet by the CBO. Well, no, it went down first. I, I, look, you didn't let me get to that point. I think Trump care is even worse okay. from what I'm reading. Okay? But it's both a shit show. Well, all right. Get back so, to the, get, so if the question is, if you're going to tell me that, oh, uh, uh, Barack Obama's turd doesn't smell as bad as Trump's turd, it's still a fucking turd. Well, <laughs> depends on if the recipient was eating honey or uh, or onions. Grass fed, grass fed. Yeah. So, uh, anecdotally, you you said that it, it you got priced out of the market. Anecdotally, it is it saved my life. I got life saving medication that had been eighty thousand dollars, but I was able to get in and I wasn't able to get covered for it because of pre existing conditions. And I got covered, and it. It, I don't want to be overly dramatic. It certainly prolonged my life. I was scheduled. I mean, actuary table said I was gonna. I would be gone much sooner, but it saved my life and it changed my life because of uh, um, uh, stuff I've Listen, been. Listen, there's like I'm saying, was it a step in the right direction? I don't even know. It got a debate going. Yeah, but it, it literally got pushed through. It, it, you know, listen. First of all, but no, I don't think anybody's going to disagree with the pre-existing condition clause. You know what I mean? And and but there are people uh, arguing with it now. But I, you and I are both on the same page. That 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 should not be in there. You're right. No, I know. I mean, of course. But the other problem is with with the way Congress writes these bills that you got to throw it all out in order to rewrite it. Yeah. So um, you know, the, we we're, they're also jumping at conclusions. You know, a lot of this, too, like when the Republican assholes were talking about death panels and shit, it's the same thing that the Democrats are doing now with the pre-existing. Nothing is going to be covered now. And, you know, it's all fear tactics. Let's let it ride out. I mean, let's be honest. I by no means, and we talked about this last time, I was a Bernie guy, okay? Yeah. But Trump is being treated unfairly. All right? And, and here, here's, here's what's bothering me. Okay. Would I, do I think it, it may be in the country's greater good to get a president in there other than him? Absolutely, possibly, yes, maybe. I don't know. But here's what's bothering me. Okay. The tactics that are being used to get him out. Okay? That's the part that's very dangerous. Yeah, let me ask you this. I, I, I hear what you're saying. Do you think it's more dangerous, whatever whatever tactics are being used to, uh, to get him out, which now appears to be the mechanics and uh, the mechanisms and levers of a government. But we do have a president who is the only guy to ever hold the office who actually sued a comic for a joke. And we do have a president who sat down with 
the uh, director of the FBI, and before asking him, supposedly according to the memos, before asking him to give his buddy a break, whether he did or not, brought up, is there any way to no, jail reporters? Worded as, and listen what you're doing. It wasn't worded, can you give my buddy a break? See, here's the problem, all right? Trump, first of all, has never had a boss. Let's just get that That's straight. true, that's true. The guy's a narcissist, all right? Okay. Um, he, he's not good at answering for his actions. Not to mention, you know, it's so funny that there's like, I forgot somebody tried to make a comparison between him and Reagan, them both being Hollywood outsiders. Here's <laughs> the thing with Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan, first of all, was vulnerable. If he always made jokes about himself. Yeah. You know, the, the, the fact that Trump thinks that the media and America, he encompasses all of America, there is this demigod mentality with him. But with that being said, those WikiLeaks dumps, and what the Democratic Party, we know what they did. Like, for instance, the the Donna Brazil giving Hillary the questions. Do, uh, Debbie Wasserman. Hold on, hold on. Just, just let me counterpoint that because you're, I agree. But then Megyn Kelly in her book said that it was apparent to her that someone had given Donald Trump the questions she was going to ask. So it happened. And it, it look. It, that's how that game is played. It's hardball, and everybody's throwing well, high he, and tight. Did you read the Pipe Piper email? No, I'm not familiar with that. Go ahead. Just look it up. Okay. Literally, the Democratic Party was giving marching orders to the media, telling them to put the spotlight on Ben Carson, Ted Cruz, and Donald Trump, because that'll bring the crazies out of the, out of the conservative party, and we could focus on them and exploit the alt-right. And then Which, Let's be honest. There's an alt-left, too. Okay? Oh, yeah. Now, that fucking backfired. It did. Because they kept talking about Trump. Now, here's what I want. This is what I want to ask you. Sure. So you really firmly believe that a candidate nobody thought was going to win, who was a fucking reality star, was in cahoots with the Russian government? Here's what I think, okay? And for most of this is just conjecture. And, and just on my for the part. record, yeah, okay. the second part of that question, so okay. then, then I'll shut up. Mitt Romney made Russia an issue in the debate against Obama, and he got mocked. Yes, he did. Okay. The, um, Putin inva invaded Crimea, whatever the fuck it's called. Crimea. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And uh, uh, and we didn't do anything. And then five days after Obama leaves, who I voted for, okay, uh -huh. who I still ap appreciate, and that's the other thing. It's my job to, to criticize my pre my president is just a glorified fucking postal worker. <laughs> <laughs> With possibly less control. But, but, but the, the point is, is why the fuck would I defend this person just because I voted for him sure. or not hold him to the fire? So now five days before he's about to leave office, now we're getting tough on Russia? Look. Even though the administration, what, did they sold, what, 20% of our uranium to Russia? Well, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. there's Obama on a hot mic. Going to the ambassador to Russia, saying while he was well, president of the United States, have more leeway. While he was president, like, I'll give the information back to Vladimir. While he was president of the United States, he was talking to a representative of Russia. Not while now, he was. I don't know what citizen. they're talking about, but if that shit were the other way around, you know it would be politicized. Sure. It's still being politicized. I'm joking. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't, I'm trying. What do you say? <laughs> hey, so, I'm a, I'm a Trump voter, not a supporter. How about that? <laughs> That's uh, DJ. DJ. DJ's our uh, our uh, 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 partner on the show, and uh, 
I am a, uh, uh, I was an ardent uh, Hillary supporter. Uh, I, I voted for her in the primary against uh, Obama way back when, when he, and I voted for her again. And DJ uh, uh, voted for Trump. So, you know, there's no, there's no, um, uh, there's no North and South firing at each, uh, everybody here. Dude, I, I, Hillary to me, uh, look, this is my analogy. Sure. If they both committed murder, yeah. okay, Donald Trump commits manslaughter. He's careless. He's reckless. Yeah. Hillary's a serial killer. Yeah, that's good. Okay? And anybody that's going to sit there and try and sell me on the fact... First of all, she was never for gay marriage. If, if, we, if we were to take everything she's done in her history, from even going after the women that her husband slept with, who, by the way, had to pay $800,000 to a woman who he allegedly raped, quote-unquote, okay? All this sexual uh, fucking misconduct by him, Again, I voted for Clinton. I'm not letting this interfere with his job as the president, as you know, as his performance. But at the same time, you're going to take a, a, an audio tape of Donald Trump in 2009 talking to a friend of his on a bus and try and compare that to all the sexual misconduct that went on during the Clinton administration. And on top of that, Hillary and, and then going after his accusers that were telling the truth. Okay? You, well, you look, see you, how, you, you how can, annoying you, that is? You, you could point counterpoint there with Donald Trump all day long. All right? But when you said that Hillary, that, that Donald Trump uh, is doing manslaughter and she's a serial killer, I tend to look at her as a sniper in Iraq taking out the enemy. So. <laughs> oh, come on, dude. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> this woman was corporate owned. Look, uh, oh, so, let's so be honest. Here, here's, 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 hold on. Here's who you need as president of the United States. You need someone who can pardon the Thanksgiving turkey in front of a bunch of first graders and mean it and walk in the next room and go, look at a map and go, kill them, kill them, kill them, and mean it and sleep at night. And that is Hillary Clinton. And Donald Trump is a no, child. No, it's not. Hillary Clinton was corporate owned. The Clinton Foundation, oh, you really think that that was for... If it was for charity, then why the fuck didn't it raise any money after she didn't get elected? And internationally, it was dissolved. Okay, that, okay, it did raise money. It did raise money for charity. I mean, look, you can sit there and make all the, you know, you can you sit there and make all these arguments all day. No, no, no. I can yeah, make she, I, I can she, make all these arguments Trump they, all day. They raised three hundred and fifty million dollars. I think only twenty million went to charity. It's like we don't know that to be true. We don't know that oh, to be oh, you true. You know what? You're right. I, but what I do know is a reality star. Is in collude is is cooperating with the Russian government. A reality that, star who's gonna, both who both of his sons, both of his sons have made statements saying a large amount of our portfolio is Russian money. I think absolutely. I think I think just like right now in Hollywood, we dude. There's a lot of Russian money in Hollywood. People go after for in China. Sure, I think okay, oh, the guy. Okay, hold right? on, I you I think the guy when he went to Russia with the Miss Universe pageant. You know, you look, you know how jaded people can get when they're getting everything they want. You live in Hollywood. I lived in Hollywood. You know how jaded you can get. You know when you can have whatever you want, how you start putting little freaky vibes Listen, on it. Let's try Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So I think when he went there, I think he played a lot of fun games. I think they have it on video. He won't say anything bad about Vladimir Putin to save his soul. I think that there was collusion. There's too many people that were involved with his campaign who have direct links to Russia that it's not a problem. I do think that. Okay, I think let, let me ask you this question go ahead. really quick. Okay. 
but but you can't connect the dots on the Clinton Foundation and Wall Street and, and I can connect I can connect dots to, to Wall Street with anybody who's running for president of fucking United States. Well, what about what about all the uh, foreign investors like Saudi Arabia and 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 those countries? What about when China was donating to the Clinton Foundation? Remember that? I do remember that. I do or remember that. that. Just an assumption. But by the way, okay, I did not see anything within the Clinton campaign or in her husband's administration that was so overtly odd as a president who absolutely refuses to say anything negative about Vladimir Putin, who actually sat there when Bill O'Reilly said to him, but he's a killer, and he went, well, there's lots of killers. We're killers, too. There's something rotten in Denmark. And I do believe... Okay, so, so, so the fact then, because this is what really bothers me, the fact that Bernie Sanders was winning every primary... And the Democratic Party took this delegate system, quote unquote, and gave them to Hillary, and literally hold on, hold on, stole the, the nomination from him. If the Republicans had had the super delegate system, they would have had a candidate who actually knows how to run a government. I may not have okay, liked me, the candidate. Let, they would have had a George Bush. Go ahead. Let me ask you this question. That's that's still a speculative answer. What we know to be true and what you just assumed. Okay. Here's what we let's know. Okay. Here's let's what we just know. talk about what we know to be true. We know that the head of the Democratic Church had to step down. Okay? She did. Yes, she did. Okay? We know that Donna Brazil had to step down because she was giving her the questions. We know that to be true. Not what Megyn Kelly might have said in the book. Not what she, not what she what might have said. What, what she said. You can't say might have said. It's what she said. Okay, but what I'm saying is that's fine. But we know this to be true. This is factual. This isn't hearsay. That Project Veritas video that exposed the Democratic campaign uh, chairman talking about sending people to Trump rallies and yelling out racial epithets and start, uh, slurs and starting fights. We know that to be true. We also know to be true that they were talking about getting unregistered voters in vans to go vote. They had to step down. That we know to be true. We do know that Bernie was winning all the fucking primaries all right, and should have been nominated. See, I'm not a pro-Trump guy at all. You were a Sanders supporter. I was. Okay. And I'm also, but you know, you don't have to be Italian to know that this guy, that Bernie took a check. <laughs> <laughs> See, here's my problem with partisan politics. Okay. Is that they're always pointing out the hypocrisy of the other side. But when you're pointing out that hypocrisy, you're also proving to be a hypocrite as well. You understand that? I I hear what you're saying. It's how the game is yeah. played, but I hear what you're saying. You no, know, it's it's 100 percent true. And the best statement is this: I'll show you how partisan politics. People, I I just don't understand how people are just so loyal to a certain party. I mean, I get it if you're financially invested in it, okay. But other than that, why the fuck would a normal person be so? pro-party and pro-candidate. If you're that way, that means you have no understanding of how our government and how our politics are supposed to work. Sure. People are, are brainwashed. Well, mean, hold, on, hold, hold on. That was the point as we started, as I go, I'm going to ask Brett this, and I know it's going to get wild. I'm not going to, hey, what's what's the weirdest town you ever got high in? I go, I'm going to talk to him about this because he's, <laughs> he's one of the most learned and deep in the paint guys I know. 
about uh, politics and really puts a lot of thought into it. I started out saying that people don't know the difference between real news and fake news, and now we've come all the way around. Are you saying that people are brainwashed? So in no, a, I'm saying, but I still they still should choose for what's best for them. They should, and that's you know I grew I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in St. Louis, and I watched people vote against their self interest for years. The state of Missouri where I grew up, which was really a great union well, state, is now just voted recently to be right to work, and they vote against their best interest over and over, and oftentimes well, for but, emotional reasons. Well, let me sometimes, but see, somebody's best interest isn't always consistent the same way. It's going to change. That's true. My, look, my, 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 to be, to be like frank with you. Unions aren't what unions used to be anymore. You're, and on top of that, the unions are now, are now are supporting Republican candidates. I, to, personally, I was a Jersey Democrat. Okay. I'm an old school Kennedy Democrat. That Democratic Party is not that Democratic Party anymore. It's a group of progressive professors that are one sided fascists that attack a lot of artists now. You got to remember, the, the progressive left is the new religious right. Okay, yeah. the fact that they're turning on Bill Maher and they don't want people speaking at universities and they're using these these oh, words, no, so when you, when it's you, almost like a cult. When, when you bring up the like the situation at Berkeley with Ann Coulter, what's never brought up is the movie theater in Alabama. They wouldn't show Beauty and the Beast because there was two men kissing. So it's on both sides. It's so-called political correctness. Are you, are you fucking serious? Are you going to take a private movie theater to an academic? institution first off you're going to take a it wasn't it wasn't the, it wasn't it, it wasn't the handle free thought it wasn't the some religious it wasn't Bible the academic institution it wasn't the academic institution hiring ann coulter it was an organization hiring ann coulter and there was a safety issue this was these people just go well we don't show beauty and the okay. beast because men are Look, kissing what, yes i said. am there was a safety issue okay so in other words look i think ann coulter should have been allowed wait, to speak hold on. let me let me finish the fact that a group of people are going to riot. So now, no matter who chooses to riot, we should never have anybody speak at a university. It is a problem. It's a problem that has to be resolved. You're absolutely correct. And some the problem is the people that are going to riot, and the other yeah. problem is people that are that are, are catering to it. The other, you know, it's a problem that has to be addressed on on uh, it's campus. Bullying. But see, here's the thing, Brett. For you and I. For you really and, get, wait, wait, I want to go back to your analogy, because I, I don't understand that analogy. Okay. You're talking about one movie theater. Talking about okay, a movie chain. In a religious in a religious belt, whatever. You're going to compare that to Antifa and all the riots. Over, over, on. no, no, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm comparing it to when people talk about political correctness run amok, and you can't believe Ann Coulter uh, is not going to be allowed to speak in a specific place, where I think she should be allowed to speak. I think the more Ann talks, the more silly she looks. Personally, but when you talk about political correctness and people decided what can be heard and seen and not heard and not seen, that it is on right. both sides. Okay, it is on both see, sides. Here you go again. I know it's on both sides, but it's it. it this isn't the religious right anymore. The, the, do you understand the pattern that is going on by the progressives? It, 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 it's it's crazy. No, I understand. And people need to speak out against it because it's fucking bullying. I understand 100%. As someone who hires comics and promotes shows and does that sort of thing, it's something that is always on my mind. I'm someone who's had to write letters, you know, apology, you know, because I've, I've been through They're all of this. They're not real liberals, man. Okay, but I've been They're through not it. Real liberals. I've been through it. I had a we used to we used to do a show in town, Brett, called Right Wing Left Wing. We had three comics who were right wing, three were left wing. A lot of people, a lot of places, done this type of show. 
we did it. It was very successful. I started getting complaints from conservatives, especially here in Arizona. Go, well, you okay, didn't. Okay, they're still assholes. Who gives a fuck? Okay. I'm saying right now, the progressive left is controlling Hollywood. Okay? Listen, nothing was more liberating to me as an artist than performing at the Dubai Festival and meeting a lot of Arab comedians. It was, and I was the only white American. It was me, Chappelle, Trevor Noah, Hannibal Burris, Gerard Carmichael, and this guy, and, and I'm at Ahmed. Sure, and yeah, we know I'm at Ahmed, yeah. Okay, so when I was there, and I got to meet all of these comedians, these Arab comedians, um, the way that they talk, and, uh, they're risking their freedom to do stand-up. Yes. Okay, literally, they've been thrown in jail. And then you come to America, and you're told you can't do a Caitlyn Jenner joke, or don't do this joke about women, and this stuff, and just make fun of just one group, white, straight males. That's it. Okay? Yeah. Everything else is just, it's just all, and it's, and it's university. You know, when I first started, you wanted to do colleges. It's the fucking truth, man. And, you know, and to sit there I, and, to, and to compare Bible thumpers Okay. Okay, and say uh, it's on both sides. It's an epidemic coming from the left. It's so bad. That's why that orange motherfucker's in Austin. You know, it may be an epidemic coming from the left, but it was already a well-known disease coming from the right. Perhaps that was my original statement. Okay. The progressive left is the new religion. How do you feel? Right? How do you feel about a guy? And it was my original question. And then, and then we're going to need one good dick joke, and then we got to go. But uh, hey, dick jokes. <laughs> 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 you know, both both DJ and Shirley have to, unfortunately, because they're both close to me, especially Shirley, have to put up with me talking about this ad nauseum. I have people uh, on Facebook. Do you talk about this a lot? Yes, I do. Yes. Not only have I had people now on Facebook physically threaten me several times, I have friends of mine writing me going, I had a friend of mine write me the other night, he goes, Alan Berg, that's all I'm saying, Tone, Alan Berg. Because Alan Berg is the only radio DJ to ever be assassinated. He was a liberal. It's what the Eric Bogosian movie Talk Radio was based on. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, I so, remember that so, story yeah. in the movie. Yeah, so I talk about this all the time. Are you comfortable with a president of the United States who's the only guy who's ever sued a comic? How do no, you feel about I'm that? No, but also wasn't comfortable that Hillary's people reached out to the last factory and told them to take videos down, making fun of her. Fair enough. Man, you know what? I love talking to you. Oh, I'm serious, man. Uh, you know, and, and but by the way, whichever side of the coin you lay on, I, I tend to stay in the middle. I really don't care. I have no allegiance to anybody that's making hundreds of millions of dollars. I could give a fucking rat's ass about either one of them. What I'm more concerned about is is the the freedoms and, and the right to say what we want. You know what I mean? And then people trying to police these mediums in which we can do this. You know what? And, and I got to wrap up, so just let me do this. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and absolutely. We, and we certainly... By the way, none of this shit is in my act. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? None of it's in my act either. I'll post it on social media. I'll do a whole podcast about it. But then I go and I go, these fuckers came out to laugh. They're Plus half they drunk. can't handle it. Yeah. No, they, I, don't, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I only get on these tirades on podcasts because that's, the, that's what they're there for. Man, we, yeah. I would like to have you back more often, even when you're not in town. I love talking to you. I absolutely do. Uh, yeah, I know. I could tell. By the way, it's so funny because guys, this is how men we bond through this shit. My wife gets mad. <laughs> she goes, "Why are you always yelling with your friend?" I go, "Cause that's us bonding." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I really respect your position, too, because I like to sit on the fence and make fun of the shitty parts of both sides myself, you know? Yeah, no, dude, I can't stand them both. I, yeah, I, I you're all I, assholes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> we got to wrap. God bless Lenny Bruce. <laughs> yeah, God bless him, man, and his heroin addiction. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking to Brett Ernst, ladies and gentlemen, who I uh, I, I tell you nonstop, you got to see his show. It is uh, He's one of the most unique and funny stand-up comics in America today. Uh, he is at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy all weekend. Two shows Friday, two shows Saturday, one show Sunday. It's easy to get tickets. Go to houseofcomedy.net. Just put, this is what uh, uh, Rick told me a long time ago. He said, you have phone numbers and address. Put House of Comedy in your in Google or houseofcomedy.net. You'll find it. Also, if you private message me on Facebook, I just might be able to get you a couple of free tickets for one of the great uh, five shows remaining. Buddy, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, too. And, and by the way, any of you that, uh, you know, that, that disagree with me, please feel free to just yell at me and write whatever the hell you want and post and comment. I'm okay with being wrong, man. I don't care. It's more fun that God way. God bless you. God bless yeah. you, Brett Ernst. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, cuz. Later, buddy. Bye-bye. So, I, I, that guy, you know what I love about him? Not only is he one of the most talented guys I've ever seen, he's well-read, he's passionate, you know, and you can have those kind of arguments with him, but at the end, nobody's like no. angry with anyone. Right. Well, you know? nobody won, so I think that's yeah. why nobody's angry because sure. nobody really it was like a dog sure. chasing its tail. The whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? You know, there's a difference between a conversation and a debate. Right. Okay. Right. And and with him, you have a conversation. It's not a debate. It's not like I'm going to win. And you're gonna. It's so much of how we see conversations in the news nowadays, where it's zero sum, win lose. You know. So they're debates. That was a conversation. That was a conversation. So, uh, um, <laughs> I, I, you noticed I didn't have much to say on that, but hey, it, yeah, was, it was yeah. an interesting experience. Well, you, yeah, you and I have had uh, a lot of great conversations about this stuff. Yeah. And what I always liked about you is uh, when I first met you, uh, you were in my workshop and you were new, and I'm the teacher and you're a student, but you had no fear about because a lot of people come in, they're kind of like, eh. you know, there's a guy in the class who the first time he stood in front of the microphone, I said something, he goes, you asshole. And he was joking around. I go, there, now you're becoming a comic. Right. Okay? Now you, <laughs> and you were right away going, well, I think you're wrong. Let me tell you why. Like, oh, yeah, yeah you know, that's so, fucking yeah, guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To a point. Yeah. All right. You know what? We're going to take a break, and after that, we're going to wrap up. You've been listening to That guy is funny, smart. I love that guy. He came up a lot similar to what I did. He had some uh, even more extreme experiences than me, I believe. And it, it's all formed up to one funny guy who's at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy all weekend. You're listening to This American Podcast, Comedy Edition at ComedySchoolsRadio.com.